0: Hi, everyone, Mitch from PickDogs.com here with Joe Madden, Ron Romanelli, and Brian Bittler. We'll have other handicappers joining us today as well. Just Major League Baseball on the card today, so just one sport, 15 games. Um, Maybe they'll actually get 15 full games in. I know Ron Romanelli, uh, (laughs) funny because, um, you know, he was a little nervous about his Ron's rundown best bet of the day, and uh, he... Texted me and I said, well, we have the solution here for him. And I told him my lucky song. I gave him all the lyrics to it. And then, yes, then, then I told him I would text him and say, "Okay, I am singing right now. I hope you can hear me. So right when I'm singing, okay, the Yankees have that big rally. And I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to film this and send it to him. I'm filming the me singing the song, and Aaron Judge knocks one like into next week, like a home run, while I'm singing the Bun Bun song. And I had it on tape, and I sent it to Ron. And uh, that pretty much had—then the, the wheels were just in motion. But the problem was the Yankees spent so much time scoring those runs that, well, they got to the bottom of the eighth inning, then it's tornado warning. They stopped the game, and his run line play was nullified as a push. Um, uh, <laughs> that is welcome to sports betting, but, uh, NFL draft yesterday, my guy Pickens ends up going into the worst scenario <laughs> that he could possibly go into. So I don't know if he, you know, he might be one of those guys that ends up a few years down the line, um, being, uh, being the guy. I don't think he's the guy here, um, at this point. Um, I think it's just a bad spot for him. He's in he went to a wide receiver, um, loaded team with, um, no quarterback, which is pretty much as bad as he gets. So,
1: so you don't like him with the Steelers? No, though.
0: not at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought Mechie also another bad guy with a bad spot, you know.
1: Where did he go? Sorry. To Mitch. the Texans. Okay.
0: So I thought it was interesting that the Packers went to North Dakota State for a slow wide receiver for their pick. I did not understand that one. Um, I don't know. You know. This is this is why they, these guys pick these thing these things, and why I am sitting here with you guys on a Saturday morning, I guess. But um,
2: yeah, Steelers I thought Steelers
0: are good at picking wide receivers, so they
2: can get the diamonds in the rough.
0: Yeah, but in the se- in the top of the second round, trading up, you're not necessarily looking for a diamond in the rough at that point. You're looking for a, 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 an A game guy, and they were there, but. They don't, like, so when they had Randall Cobb, when he was, like, not the Randall Cobb that is now, like the real Randall Cobb when he first came up from Kentucky. um, The real Randall Cobb. Yeah, the real Randall Cobb. Aaron Rodgers was a lot more effective, right? A lot more effective, man. So I just think that, um, I don't know. I think, you know, this guy might turn out okay, you know, but he's, like, he's more... He's more of a possession guy than the guy who's going to be the guy. And maybe I'm wrong. You know, I don't know too much about him, to be honest. But I just know there was really good players out there. And they didn't take
1: it. uh, I was surprised the Seahawks went with running back. They went with Kenneth Walker, the third out of Michigan State.
0: I like him because he scores a lot of touchdowns. Okay. I don't, I don't love him because the game has gotten away from my NFL, you know, which is the running game and defense, which is, I don't know. It's, it's the running game and defense worked for so long. And now all of a sudden the running game and defense isn't good enough for everybody. It's it used to be, how do you win championships? You run the football, you play defense. I mean, it is very simple formula. Now it's, you know, run and gun and throw it all over the place and, you know, whine to the refs about pass interference and, um, you know, roughing the passer late hits, ticky-tack. I mean, when I was a kid, we never cheered a roughing the passer against our own team. We never cheered it, you know? Now it's like you get a roughing the passer against your team, like where the other team kills your quarterback on a roughing the passer, and people applaud this. Like, we wanted their heads if that happened to, it, to our team. And it's like when we did it to the, other, to the other team, we were excited about it. We set the tone. You know, it's like that's how Miami, the Hurricanes, used to do it. They used to come out in the first quarter, set the tone. First play, first time they drop back to pass, it's going to be a 15 yard rough in the passer. You know, that's the way it's going to be. We're going to set the tone, and it's not going to be like a little ticky-tack hitting the guy below the knee or whatever. It's going to be a nasty, no doubt, roughing the passer. Like, oh, my God. You know, it's like, you know, like, that's what, and that's the way you play the game, you know, set the tone.
1: True, but I do applaud the league for protecting these passers. But they're
0: not protecting the passers, Joe. They're not protecting the passers. The rules actually do not protect the passer. That's the problem is that the numbers don't indicate that they are protecting the passer. What the rules are saying is that you can't cover the wide receivers anymore. So you can't play textbook football anymore. That's why you're not seeing running backs taken because – if you can't cover wide receivers and these guys, right, we heard the 40 times every single time these guys' names, four, two, four, one, four, you know, three, eight will be next, right? It's it's only around the corner before before someone cracks the four-second 40. It's really only around the corner. And the thing is is that it's the statistics do not show that these rules protect the passer. These rules show that there are more quarterback injuries than there's ever been. And the reason why that is, is because the the evolution of the NFL has gone to fantasy football, okay, which is a spread offense, meaning nobody blocks, everybody goes out, right, just like we play in the backyard, right? Well, we used to play in the backyard, I haven't played in the back, right? But... Basically, five guys on the line, a tight end who no longer blocks. He's just a wide receiver, right? And they call him a tight end, but he's really a wide receiver in most cases. And then, um, and then what happens is these guys all go out. You're not allowed to cover them. So instead of trying to really cover them and come up with zone schemes and stuff like this, which these quarterbacks just simply pick apart, right? They just pick apart. What they do is they say, I'm gonna find the biggest guys I can possibly find that can run as fast as they possibly can, right? Four, three guys, guys weighing three hundred pounds running four, five, four, six, forties. 40s. never seen before in the history of the game, right? But now you see it, right? Now you see it they're, they're the guys run are weighing. 295 pounds. You're seeing linebackers that are running four fours that can cover wide receivers, right, if if need be. But what they're all doing is they're blitzing on every single play. So what happens when a 290-pound guy running a 4-3-40 hits your quarterback? Well, it's going to break is what's going to happen. And that's why even the big guys like Ben Roethlisberger, 285 pounds, can't even make it through a season. And... This is, this is why these rules do not protect the passer. These rules have mutated the game into this quarterback standing in the pocket, everybody trying to hit him as, as fast as they can, you know? And the answer now is the athletic QB, right? The athletic QB, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, the guys who can – run out of the pocket and throw on the run now because these guys are coming. <laughs> you know They're coming on every single play. And we saw that the draft choices. If it wasn't a wide receiver, it was a defensive lineman or a linebacker that runs a 4 3 Now to combat the other part of it, because now you have this guy on the run, right? And Tom Brady, not built to run, right? And Jared Goff, another guy. Not built to run. Guys like this, right? Not built to run. When they throw on the run, they're a lot less effective and a lot less accurate. Now we have the guys who are cover corners, man coverage, lockdown corner, right? This is the other term. The highest paid guys now. Now these are the highest paid guys on the defense. They cover the guys in single coverage out there because the quarterback's on a dead-out run because everybody's rushing. And now... The pass can't possibly be accurate. This guy is faster and he can jump higher than the wide receiver because what they're hoping for is a jump ball. Because if the quarterback can set himself and throw, the defense has zero chance. Zero, right? Zero. The back shoulder throw, they call it now. No, they call it because he's not allowed to, you're not allowed to cover the guy. But they now they call they call it the back shoulder, right? This is this is the term that's come into vogue in the last, what, eight years or something? The back shoulder throw. And I was had That back shoulder throw. We you know what we had? The defensive back that was allowed to jam the receiver ten yards down the field. And if that didn't work, they would take the stickum that was is also illegal now and rub it in the guy's eyes and then throw him on the ground a few times. And and that was the difference. The guy would come over the middle to catch a pass, they would say Oh, yeah? You want to catch that pass over the middle? We're going to make sure you never want to do that again. And that's the way the game was played. And there was nothing wrong with it. Quarter, most of the quarterbacks made it clearly through the season. You touch that quarterback, you know what they did? The next play, that, deep, that offense tackle, ripped your helmet off and started hitting you with it. That's how they did it. Jim Brown, he's tri- they, they tried to grab him by the face mask. He bit their fingers, man. Tend to bite their fingers off. That's how they play the game. This is this is you know this is the real NFL. Anyways, aside from that, I don't know Joe. I just don't agree with you on that one. I don't think it protects the quarterback. What do you guys think?
3: <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? You can say it. I think I, if I'm wrong, I tell the me. Start of that one, but uh, I, think I think it sounds very similar. To. I, think
1: trying to. I think.
3: Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds pretty similar to uh, the way driving down the lane used to be in the NBA. You used to get hit hard, and then you'd think twice about doing that again. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. Now they have the Eurostep. Now the Eurostep. What's the Eurostep? Eurostep's a travel, man. Everything's a technical if you don't touch the ball now. So hate the (laughs) Eurostep.
0: I don't mind it. Anyway, Joe, you were saying. I missed it. Al talked over. Um,
1: I was. I was just saying. I think they're trying to put things in to protect the passer here, protect the wide receivers, so we don't end up with so many people um, having issues after retirement with the concussions and everything that we have seen. But the results. So.
0: But the results don't show that that these that these methods work. It's kind of like the 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 five man rotation in baseball. And the, um, you know, all these relievers coming in and all this stuff. Back in the day, the guys used to pitch 40 games, 50 games. No problem. Now, it's like, man, the guy pitches three innings. It's like he's out for the season with the injured arm. Um, you know, it's because I think the four-man rotation kept the guys loose. You know, I don't know. I think I think the NFL, I, I don't. I as as most people know, I bet the NFL, I follow the NFL, I do all those same things, but it's not my favorite sport, and it's because it's become this ticky tack thing. And it's like when you saw the Super Bowl and the fix when the fix was in, you know, when push came came to shove, you know, and all of a sudden a play that they're not calling a, a a play that they're not calling all game long in the last. 10 seconds of the biggest game of the year with the second largest TV market driving for the score. They decide to call it. I don't know. Tough, tough one to swallow. Anyways. I don't, I don't see them protecting the quarterbacks. I see it all being talk. It's all talk. If you want to protect the quarterbacks, go back to a game where the running game is part of it. The way they used to protect the quarterback is pound the football between the tackles with, the, with, with a good old-fashioned fullback. That's how you did it. Mike Allstott even, you know. I think after Mike Allstott, that was the end of the fullback. The Patriots had a few um, here and there in between, but really you don't see the fullback anymore. And until we come back and see the, um, the running game between the tackles... But the, the way the clock moves now in the game, because they, now they have the continuous clock. So you can't really even afford to do that anymore. You know, because the other yeah, team is, is wide open because you're not allowed to cover the receivers. And you got, you know, a surge in there at quarterback, you know. It's like, if you touch them, it's a penalty. And it's, you know, it's this, what, what are they even doing out there? I that's, that's my two cents on the whole thing. I just think if, they, if you want to protect the quarterback, then you would, you would promote the running game. Because that is how you protect the quarterback, is running the football.
3: we can just play touch football with the quarterback.
0: It's well, it's what to they're playing to in the NFL. It's what they're playing. It's like they're basically doing this. Okay, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. You know, kind of type thing. And it's like you know, and Aaron Rodgers is the sandlot QB, right? He's the prototypical sandlot QB. He runs around. It always, it ne- it never looks like a design play of any kind, right? Does one of these, you know, one of these, whatever. Even Jared Goff's doing these, right? We're going to see Trey Lance doing it next season. To the other team. (laughs) To the other team. We'll see. I think he's in for a big year. All right. Well, I don't think anyone wants to talk NFL anymore, unless you guys have some other comments about the draft. Ron, any comments about the NFL draft? You see anything you like or thing you don't like, the amount of wide receivers taken, Georgia players, all this other stuff?
4: Um, I was telling uh, Joe and Brian before the show, I I mentioned uh, one of my uh, classmates, Kair Elam, he was drafted in the first round. That was nice to see. Uh, Nice guy. But, uh, yeah, the draft, I haven't really been paying too much attention to it for the most part. I usually just look at the recap after it. Um, I think the Giants have had a pretty good draft so far, getting Thibodeau and Neal
0: in the first round. But, uh,
4: yeah, for the most part, I'll be uh, checking the uh, recap pretty soon.
0: Jovan, you think that some of these trades are sending a message to some of these prima donna guys, that like, "Hey, there's a you guys are a dime a dozen," you know, like, uh, like Hollywood Brown and uh, AJ AJ Brown, right? I mean, these guys um, top top name players um, just disposable
5: in, in the NFL these days. I mean. If you want to go walk on a case-by-case basis, you know, you could say A.J. Brown's a top-tier um, wide receiver, but, you know, other other guys like, you know, Hollywood Brown, he's, I went, I went, uh, Marquise Brown is Hollywood Brown, am I correct? Yes. Right, yeah, so I went, I went and put him in that in that class, you know, but, you know, by and large, I just think that these NFL owners um, are cheap, you know, so they, if they could have, if, if they can, you know, they'll dump guys and just, you know, try to replace them, you know, however they can, you know, AJ Brown, he's going to, he's going to be a piece that's going to be missed in Tennessee, but I don't know what Tennessee's direction is. I don't, I don't, the moves that I've seen them make, I haven't, I don't, I don't think that that's, um, you know, conducive to winning football if you ask me, but I think that by and you you see it with the patriots you know they have their philosophy you know they think they think that um you just just plug you know plug and play with with these players and that's really not the case talent wins out for the most part you know so you know I I don't like the philosophy I think there's a balance you know some you know some guys they should get paid other guys who do get overly paid you know it it kind of kinda of messes it up for other, you know, for for other um players down the road, but I don't know. I'm when it comes to, when it comes to that that subject, I'm really more with the players.
0: I don't know. I think to me, um, you know, when we look at uh when we look at teams like the Patriots, I think Bill Belichick makes makes the team. I think, you know, that's just one of those situations where he's gonna win um regardless of who he has. And he's always just finds a way to do it. And we saw it last season, you know, where they made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. And you could say Tom Brady won the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. They surrounded him with top flight free agents. You know, it's not like Tom Brady came in and like, oh, it's the lowly Buccaneers of 1976 or something. It was like, let's go out and get, you know, all these guys who basically were top five draft picks when they were drafted, like Leonard Fournette, you know. I mean, he's like and also ran on this team. You know, that they go out and get, and they have, you know, Mike Evans, and they're stacked, you know, basically. But Bill Belichick came in, gets Mac Jones, fourth quarterback taken in the NFL draft, 15th overall. And uh, they look dead in the water halfway through the season. They got rung up on a a Sunday night, and then um, all of a sudden, they're on on a heater, right? I mean, a dead heater you know, writing into the end of the season, Mac Jones kind of ran out of gas. The, the, the book was out on him and, you know, we're going to find out if his arm's strong enough to make these, some of these throws um, next season, but you know, he certainly can find the open man and that's, you know, that's a, that's a good thing to have. And, you know, it, it, it's just, there are certain teams and certain players. And here's the knock on Alabama players in general is that they've already been coached up to the top of their potential by the time they reach the NFL draft and their their ceiling isn't is they've already reached their ceiling the bulk of them while many of these other players have a talent that can still be groomed and we haven't seen the best of them yet and that's you know that's the argument and why you don't see these Alabama players excelling in the NFL one after another Yeah, there's enough of them there that we have some that are you know off the chart talents but, you know, for, for every, you know, for every, for every guy that's a star, there's 10 that aren't, you know, at least. You know, for every Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, there's Amari Cooper, you know, who just basically flatlined, you know, six years ago. And, um, you know, you see all these guys. Josh Jacobs, they did not pick up the option on him in, in, in Las Vegas because they know he's flatlined. You know, these guys, they flatline out. So, it's just, I think coaching has a lot to do with, it and I think, you know, the system, right? The guys that fit the system. Like, I said to Romanelli before, and, and to Joe and uh, Brian before the show, that my guy who I really liked going into the draft, the two guys that I really liked were John Mechie third and George Pickens. Okay, these are the two guys that I really liked. And both of them ended up in horrible situations. You know, horrid. So you know these are guys that we might look for four or five years down the road when they or you know maybe they maybe two years down the road when they're no longer part of these teams I and mean, um, Pickens goes into a team loaded at wide receiver and then um you know with no quarterback at all and Mechie goes to the Texans I mean that pretty much says everything you know. so um you know, it, a lot of that has to do with how you land. Like, would Joe Montana be have been the same quarterback if he went to, you know, the Buccaneers? You know, probably not. Or Seattle of those days. I and mean, you just don't know. But, um, I don't know, the Ravens seem to always do really well. Al so any surprises in this NFL draft for you so far? Anything that you uh, say? You, you know, know, I know you're not big on the college game,
3: but, um, you know. No, not only that, but um, um, you know the Raiders—they basically uh gave all their picks away to get Devonte Adams, so I'm pretty I'm okay with that, you know. But uh, yeah, it didn't uh, didn't leave too much interest for me in the draft uh, as a fan. But again, so much going on with these other sports, I think I'm gonna have to catch up on it a bit later. So yeah, I, I didn't pay much too much attention to it.
0: It's I thought it's interesting that Buffalo went with James Cook, um, in in the end of the second round, considering they've gone running back first round, you know, in recently, you know, um, they took um, Hill out of Utah just was two years ago, right? In the first round. And now they go James Cook in the second round, which means one of two things. Either they're not thrilled with Singletary and and Hill in their, in their backfield, which is damn good backfield, right? Mm -hmm. Or they're just simply going, this is the best player available is Dalvin Cook's little brother. You know, and it's
3: not, I mean, that's not a terrible strategy in the draft. I mean, I I don't mind going after the best player because because you can always trade and you can always work from
0: there. So, this this Cook is more than fast enough to return kicks for a year, more than fast enough to be the kick returner for for the year. Generally, that's what they do with these early round running backs the first year. At least that's what they traditionally have done. They make them the kick returner on the kickoffs, not on the punts. The punts, it's like you got to have like the. The guy who can really, you know, dance around back there a little bit. But the on the on the kickoffs though, a guy was just straight away dead speed like Cook has, you know. I mean, he if he if he gets his hand on a kickoff. My guess I'll I'll make this prediction. James Cook will return a kickoff for a touchdown in the preseason.
3: And I mean, I always like a guy with speed. I mean, you can teach a lot of things. Speed is one thing you can't really teach, you know, and so, that leaves a lot of room for potential and, and growth from there. So it does. We uh, had this I discussion
0: the other day sports. with Brian. With yeah. the, Any uh, sport with the speed, um, we had the speed discussion the other day with Brian, and I still believe that um, you could be as fast as you can be, but you still got to catch the ball. You know, it's like <laughs> That's these crazy. receivers. Like, something
3: you can learn. That's well, something you can
0: some, learn. Some guys can. Some guys don't. Some guys just do not it's catch crazy. the. Just cannot catch the ball. You know, certain receivers that just cannot catch the ball. You figure if you practice hard enough, you could learn it, right? Brian, uh, any, anything for you on this subject? I know you were, you, were, uh, you know, a lot of... Uh... Not
2: too much. I saw the Eagles drafted center out of Nebraska and another uh, player from Georgia, inside
0: linebacker. But uh... So the guy that they oh. got from Georgia, the inside linebacker, I believe was the biggest dropper, right, in this draft. The biggest drop. Like, you know, like he was a projected first rounder. Mm. And he, he went in the third. And he was, he was the number one ranked linebacker in this draft. 19th ranked overall player. He went at 83. And... No, uh, maybe there was some red... Yeah, the red flag was that he, he ran the 40, like, super slow. Was the red flag. <laughs> um, but if he does work out, you know... And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. Joe, I know you were big on the quarterbacks. Another one lands, a couple more land yesterday. Malik Willis, Tennessee. They cut and bait with Ryan Tannehill or just a project for the future?
1: I think a project. I think um, definitely Tannehill will be a great um, leader for him, and I think it's a good position for him to go in under him. So I like that. I was just really surprised that – seattle didn't get a quarterback i think that was the biggest shot for me of the draft yesterday Matt
0: corral to the panthers i know this was an area concern for you who the Panthers going to take are they going to take malik will so they can take corral so the hand size on these quarterbacks what are we looking at
1: (laughs) i i think both of them have bigger hands um that's for sure so they should be good there all right should be good
0: all right big hands easier to grab their balls anyways Footballs, footballs, Ron. Well, it's good when the wide receiver has big hands too.
1: Yeah, yeah. You want your quarterback and wide receiver definitely to have big hands.
0: All right. Well, there you have it.
3: <laughs> big hands,
0: quarterbacks, and wide receivers.
3: Wasn't Jordan that refused to play with anyone that couldn't palm the ball?
1: Maybe. Maybe I heard like someone said
3: yeah. Most of those NBA me, guys are like probably
0: don't have much trouble doing that. The only NBA guy I can't remember that, that I can remember that can't that couldn't was Muggsy He was five <laughs> three. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> he was good though.
0: Oh, he's super fast. You know, if you if you're 5'3, <laughs> 5'3> and you start in the NBA, you are you. very fast. You know, is really what it is. There's been two guys, right, in recent history that have been like that. Muggsy and Spud. And they mm-hmm. both were super fast. It was like ridiculously fast. That makes up for a lot. But as we spent about a good half hour here on the NFL draft. It's kind <clears> of <throat> not, not advertised, but I thought it was fun um, to, to go over it. I definitely, you know, I have my opinions of the NFL. I'm way open to hear other people's opinions on it. Um, you know, I'm not dead set. I would love to be able to get back to being an NFL fan again. You know, I'm a season ticket holder for the Miami Dolphins. I have been since the day the team started. I haven't been to, a, I've been to one game since they moved out of the Orange Bowl. One game. And that was in 1988, 87, 1987 or 88. Monday night against the New England Patriots. It's the only game I've ever been to. In, in mm-hmm. this stadium that they're in, and I have season ticket, so um, yeah, I would love to.
3: Well, uh, if you
2: move back to Florida, you might be attending more games in the future, as far as the Dolphins go.
0: Yeah, it's unlikely. Unlikely. Anyways, um, I um, they could hold, they could basically have an NFL game across the street from me. I wouldn't pay to go see it. I would not pay an NFL ticket price. I would not buy, you know, I would not do it. I don't support the product. The only, you know, it's it's part of what we do here for a living. So obviously I need to pay attention. But as far as, you know, as far as it being something that at this point that I think is, you know, there's just better, better sports. A lot better sports than that. I don't know. They, it's something that they had and it wasn't good enough, you know. So it's like had to ruin it. Anyway, speaking of ruined, we got the Diamondbacks against the Cardinals. They ruined the they ruined the Cardinals yesterday. Got the Toronto Blue Jays taking on the Astros. Another home home game the team had their night ruined yesterday. Though Vladdy uh, Guerrero Jr. came back to the lineup and did hit a home run today. Nail our home run prop there. And uh Another home team loser yesterday, the San Francisco Giants taking on the Washington Nationals. So three home team losers looking to bounce back here. Joe, what do you think?
1: I think all three probably bounce back today and in a big way. I'm looking at the under between Toronto and Houston. I do think we have a lower scoring one with both these pitchers up today. They've played so strong. Like, these offenses are incredible. I I was on the over yesterday. We got that nicely. But I do think we see a lower scoring. I think 8.5 is too high for today. And then I like the under also between the Diamondbacks and St. Louis. Again, I think 7.5 is just not sitting right with me. I think this is you know, a two to three style game here. And I think the St. Louis Cardinals get it done.
0: Brian Merrill Kelly, large and in charge here on the mound here against the uh, Cardinals, Miles Miklos. This is the guy they've been talking about for the last several years. We're finally seeing what they were talking about from him. Um, what do you think? These three.
2: Yeah, I agree with Joe. I'm a, I, my boy Merrill Kelly on the mound and Miles Miklos, who I was rough on to begin the year, but he's really shown a lot of, uh, Uh, Moxie here. He's 1-0 with a 1.21 ERA, and Merrill Kelly's been tough to hit. Arizona Diamondbacks, not the best offense in the world. I I see this one staying well under the 7.5. And And, uh, yesterday I got burned by the Giants on the run line, but I'm going to go right back on them today. I think they get some revenge with Logan Webb on the mound, who's been consistently good all season. So no reason they can't get a a two-run win here against the
0: Nats. Ron, what the FIPS going on with these three games? (laughs) <clears throat>
4: well, I do think uh, in that Astros Blue Jays, I like the over in that one. Both of these guys, not the best FIPS. Um, But you look at Jose Barrios, especially, you know, 4.91 ERA. The Blue Jays have been able to win all four of his starts this year, but he has not performed at a high level. He's coming off a good start against the Red Sox, but I think the Astros bats can get to him here. He's given up too many walks and homers. On the other side, Luis Garcia, the Blue Jays were—they just got to him last week for five earned runs, two home runs, and six innings. So, uh, you know, I think their bats can get it done as well. One of the best lineups in baseball, so especially against right-handed pitching. So, I, I like the over in this game again.
0: What's the Astros' record, do you think, with Altuve in the lineup versus without Altuve mm. in the lineup? That's an interesting one. I think it's, really in the lineup too much. I think it's been a losing record without him in the lineup over the last, you know, since he's been with the team. I'm going to say it's losing without him. They sure could use McCullers, too, this team. And Brantley.
5: Anyways, Jovan, these three? Yeah, I'm looking at some runs um, for this Houston-Toronto game. You know, for the reasons that Ron said... And, um you know I used to I used to actually bet <laughs> these games um these Toronto games it used to be like 10 1-0, 107 you know time um on Saturdays and I used to just well it depended on who the pitcher was but I used to bet like I used to bet the overs on these games like exclusively and they used to cash out you know pr- pretty good on the over but um that wasn't that was years ago but anyway you know for this one I think the overs in play, and also think that um Toronto should um get the better of of um Luis Garcia once again. You know um Jose Barrios, he you know he did um he has he does have a a walk problem, but I think in this one um you know he should have a quality start, not not maybe not pitch a gym, but not have a quality start. And you know they should um they should um win on the money line. El Ninos. Muted.
0: Sound pretty good that way.
3: (laughs) I like the, sorry about that. I like the Blue Jays. Uh, I like the uh, Giants minus one. And the way Callie's been pitching, I might take a shot with the Diamondbacks, but I don't like that one as much. Probably the under better in that one sticking with the Nationals on the run line plus the run and a half here against the Giants. I it was
0: a winner for me yesterday and I'm going to stay with I'm going to ride it again till the wheels fall off. Giants just not good run line team versus the East. It just doesn't happen for them at home and uh and 7 against the East on the run line. Going to stick with the uh with the Nats here again. I think these are the spots like these are the bitler spots, you know, these are the ones kind of where like, you know, kind of everybody's leaning one way. I mean, Someone left a comment on the YouTube, and I you know I, know I couldn't come off snarky on there because there's no tone or anything, but someone's like, oh, and the Giants do this and this, and they're naming all these things. I said, well, I guess the books are just standing out on the street corner with a stack of hundreds handing out money you know, because they're not going to do that. You know, we know that. And um, you know, uh, it was a perfect spot for the, for the books to hit them with anabol with pitching yesterday. You know, it was a perfect spot to, to sweep the leg. Right. And that's exactly what they did to them. And I could see it happening here again. Logan Webb has has been okay, but it's not like he's number one starter. You know, and he's it's not like he's a shutdown. Number one, he's going to give up two or three runs. And it's like all the Nationals have to do is get on the board, hit a couple. And they have a couple guys that can hit the ball out of the park. So even if like Cruz hits a solo shot. Soto, it's, you know, solo hits a shot. It's like, there it is, right? 3-2, Giants. So I like, the, uh, I like the run line for the Nationals again here. I think that this, this um, Blue Jays-Astros is a great spot, and it was yesterday, and I think it's a great spot again for home run props and strikeout props. I think both these teams strike out at alarming rates. They both strike out people at alarming rates, and they both hit a ton of home runs. This is, these are like, this is the quintessential. This is the, the prop game right here, you know, because you can pick two or three players in this game to hit home runs. When you look at the Astros, fifth in the majors in home runs. When you look at the Blue Jays, third in the majors in home runs. Then you look at this, at striking teams out, the Blue Jays, 20th um, in, in strikeouts defensively, but about eight and a half per game. The Astros, about eight and a half per game, but both of them strike out you know, at the same rate. So they don't, it's, there's a lot, gonna be a lot of striking out, a lot, a lot, of, uh, a lot of home runs. And uh, you know, the Astros are hitting 213 as a team, near the bottom. One of the worst hitting teams in baseball. Really bad. They're batting 213. 25th. In the majors, which is that's what that's what not having Jose Altuve in the lineup does to you. I mean, who would ever think that the Astros are you know two thirteen, um, you know are? Who would think that the Astros would be one of the worst hitting teams in baseball? So the only teams you know that hit worse for average are Oakland, Kansas City, the White Sox, the Reds, and the Diamondbacks. But teams that hit better than the Astros, the Baltimore Orioles, the Texas Rangers, the Tigers, the Pirates, all these teams hit better. The Washington Nationals hit better than the Astros. 20 points better. Miami Marlins. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. It's It's early. Oh, it's way early, but it's Jose Altuve not in the lineup. That's what it does to them because Altuve is, 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 is a pest, right? Not only does he, who knows what he's doing as far as his Apple watch, right? But we're talking about like the other stuff that he does, you know, he, 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 he's a tough out at the plate. Okay. He's, he's a tough guy to keep off base. Even if, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a great hitter. He's a, he can hit home runs. He can hit for average. He can do it all. And then when he gets on base, well, you got to watch out because he's he's always a threat to take a base on you. Makes the next guy. Then he gets on second base. And then we know what he does when he's on second base. He's looking at the catcher doing this, right? (laughs) He's a pro at it. He's the best at it. Don't rip his shirt off. (laughs) He's the best at it. So... I think not having Altuve is really killing this team. I like Merrill Kelly also. Oh, they, put up
2: 11, they put
0: up 11 yesterday. So I looked at the betting tools here, and the Diamondbacks right, are the, are the under-the-radar team here on, on the betting tools. I thought it was going to be Seattle and Miami, which they have been good as well, but it's actually the Diamondbacks that are the, that are the cold-blooded killers here on the... Um, On the profitable teams.
3: Two big wins against the Dodgers will do that for you. And
0: yesterday, another big one, right? Another big one yesterday. They were were a big price again yesterday. So when you look at the profitable teams, and in baseball, the season's less than 30 days, so we can break it down to the last 30 days. And we can look at just the money line. And you look at MLB. MLB. It's the Mets, Angels, Rockies, Padres, A's um, in the last 30 days. And the Diamondbacks in the last 30 days are now, they're profitable for the season, right? But when you go on just the last week, my guess is they're number one. They're up Absolutely. there. They're number three. So the Marlins are number one. The Brewers are two. Diamondbacks, three. Angels, four. Brian, off jumping off the Angels at the wrong time. Padres, Ron Romanelli's uh, Yankees. This is the money line, <laughs> not the not the run line. Um, whew, that was that was rough, but anyways, you, you guys should take a look at the profitable teams at the betting tools. This these these aren't my opinions; these are the numbers. Right? So, I know people criticize me like on the betting tools on the shows or whatever. These aren't my thing, Opinion these these are the numbers. So that's all. I'm don't shoot the messenger. I know you guys love to shoot the messenger, especially when it's me. Now you got Romanelli. Eventually he'll piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. They'll still uh they'll still be like I don't know. Anyways, we got the White Sox against the Angels. I've checked out of my relationship with the Chicago White Sox. I know Bittler was still trying to cram me back in there, but it's, it just didn't happen. I've been on the Angels, and I was on uh, the Royals against them. I reversed, double reversed run line <laughs> minus two and a half. Uh, I've been really fading these White Sox. I hate Tony La and I could. I do you think he, he gets fired or steps down? I mean, because I we 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 can't go on like this, right? I mean. We need a we need we need a marriage counseling here in Chicago with Tony LaRusa because we need to separate amicably on this one. You know, it's it's just not working out for me. I'm not getting what I need, and he's not getting what he needs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's ugly, right? I mean, I could accept the losing on the road because that's what we do, but two and eight at home. Yeah, we don't we didn't need Radon. Nah, I don't need him. Good. Oakland versus Cleveland broke my heart. Oakland did last night. Um, runner on third base with one out, could not get him home for, to tie the game up and get it to extras. Had a uh, in the eighth inning a home run that was not a home run all the way at the wall. It eh, wasn't meant to be. And Chris Archer makes his triumphant return back to Tampa Bay, where it all started twice against Shane McClanahan. For the twins, who are turned, turns out, as good as they are at home, they're equally as bad on the road. So it's, uh, this is, they're fun. I love teams like this, where it's like they have a, we've, we've figured them out and it didn't take us that long. It's like twins home, run line, twins on the road other team run line. <laughs> it's like, I love it. <laughs> it's like, thank you for taking the guesswork out of it for us. Ron, uh, Al, what do you think? <laughs> three?
3: Yes. As, uh, as lovely as that sounds, um, I uh, have to disagree on that last one. I'm, uh, I have to take a shot with the twins at this price. Uh, well, I'm, not, I'm just,
0: I'm just, I'm not, um, that's not my opinion. Those are the numbers. I mean, the, yeah, I'm yeah, just, I'm fine. just, that's I'm fine. just reading the numbers.
3: Yeah, that's fine. I don't mind going against the numbers sometimes. And I will on that one. Uh, I'll take a shot with the uh, A's as well. A little dog there. And uh, the Angels. So three dogs there for me. Yep. All the money line. Jovan, what do you think of these three?
5: Uh, I don't think much of Chris Archer, to tell you the truth. Um, so I'm going to take a shot with that run line on with... um. Tampa Bay, and Shane McClanahan. Shane McClanahan. Um, and as low as the the, the on total is in this Guardians-A's game, we'll take a shot with this under. I think it stays under the total. Twins 0-4 oh in
0: their last four on the run line on the road. Romanelli, what do you think of these three? Yeah, give me the Rays on the run line. I think you could probably
4: lay two and a half here as well. Um, you know, the Twins have uh, been a pretty good moneymakers in the recent games, uh, but that was all at home. Now they're on the road here, and they did not look very inspiring yesterday. Six to one loss, and now I think they're really at a disadvantage with this starting pitching matchup. Shane McClanahan going for the Rays. Usually when there's a lefty on the mound, that means Luis Rise is not going to be in the lineup for the Twins, one of their best hitters. Uh, Gets on base virtually every time. He just seems like he's an automatic base hit. And the Twins' lineup suffers a lot without him in the lineup. And Chris Archer, you know, although he has that 3.18 ERA right now, I think it's pretty misleading. He's not getting a lot of strikeouts. He's had issues with the walk and the home run ball. Facing his former club, I think they know a little bit too much about him here, and I think they can get to him. So with a sharp McClanahan on the mound and facing uh, Chris Archer, I like to raise.
0: Brian, just the right amount of Chris Archer hate for you, or uh, not enough?
4: Yeah, I'm going to jump with Romanelli
2: and Jovan here, take the Rays here on the run line. McClanahan, I think, has just been their best starter. Uh, and they're really uh, really going strong here. The Rays are playing Rays baseball winners at three straight. I'm going to take the Chicago White Sox again today, just a to lean with Vince Velasquez on the mound. It's really battle of two uh, – Terrible starting pitchers, but Velasquez can can get a good start every once in a while. White Sox are desperate, so and, and then the Oakland A's. I'll take the Oakland A's at home plus money. Uh, Cole Irvin uh, is a scrappy lefty. Uh, Bieber has been lights out, but I think the A's can get revenge from yesterday, and I like the price on. Them.
0: So, um, so is it the Vince Man Crush, or it's like you just think they're due because the White Sox two and eight the White at Saints
2: home. Are due. Two two and eight at
0: home. The the Angels six and two on the road. And you know, last night it it wasn't really a, a close game or anything. It wasn't like the White no. Sox had a chance at the end. They had a chance. They had the bases loaded in the ninth inning, in um, in a, a five one game. And Casey Mighty Casey uh, has just struck out. But uh, it wasn't wasn't pretty. But Brian Just not, it's, the White Sox are his Orioles and Pirates of this year. Joe, how about you on these three? (laughs)
1: Um, I can't trust the White Sox to get the hits in today, so I'm going to take the under seven and a half in this one. I just don't see them contributing enough even if the Angels do get the hits. And then I think as well you've got to ride the under between Cleveland and Oakland. I think this is um, definitely going to be a two to three style game and I'm going to lean on the A's to get the win here. I just think both these pitchers are going to be great today and I think runs are going to be very hard to come by. And then I guess Like all three unders, I like the under between a Minnesota and Tampa Bay Rays today. I think we've got strong pitchers up. These teams trend so nicely to that under. Go, um, with the Twins going four and zero in their last four road games to the under, and the Rays uh, sitting five one and one in their last seven games to that under. I think this again is another two to three style game.
0: All right, well, when we when we look at the um, leaderboards at PickDogs.com. Um, Al Ninos, the favorites are running. And Al Ninos is uh, running with them. That's how it uh, generally rolls. You know, everyone has their own style. Al likes primarily favorites, um, and it's working for him. So we certainly can't, we're not criticizing, which is different styles. But um, Al Ninos up 2,120 units for the month of April, which is straight fire, smoke. Congratulations, Al. I think it's the best run I've ever seen you on, personally and um you know over the last 7 days up 1032 units and yesterday plus 500 so no no complaints there what do you got on store for today i know it's just major league baseball today
3: yeah i've had a couple money line dogs mixed in there but yeah so pretty heavy favorite i mean a favorite heavy uh, for the most part uh I got a three pack today, and I got a couple extra plays for everyone on the longer uh, term. Believe me, I would take to be
0: up to 2120 units for the month.
3: I'll give out all favorites
0: and then some. I'll give you, you'd you'd be surprised how many favorites I would give out to hit those kind of numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me. I think even Brian Bittler would be uh, giving out a lot of favorites. 2120. Well, I think everyone here and everyone out there watching would take it any way they could get it. I props, you know, whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, any, anyone would take that. It's t- tremendous. I didn't mean it as a thing. It's just I meant that's your style.
3: Yeah, that, I mean, for the style. most part, yeah. Absolutely, that's your style. Yeah. And everyone has yeah. their own style.
0: I'm the, do- I'm the dog reverse front line. I mean, that's... Absolutely. Right, I like yeah. I like swinging for the fences. Yeah. You know. There's different ways you can beat the ah, books. And you're, you've proved it. You've proved it. And mm-hmm. you're up now for the year um, as well. So... If you would have gotten out and this is yearly, you are uh, tap dancing. But um, how much are your like yearly packages and monthlies and stuff?
3: Uh, I believe, let me check, take a look real quick. Do you give out um, picks
0: that are not like in your three packs that you give yeah, out just yeah. extra picks too, right? So there's a Today lot of I got value got two there. extras, yeah. Yeah, uh, so extra dude. picks. That's what, yeah, that's that's, I do the same thing. It's like I might have a three pack, but I have other picks that are not even involved. They're like for the longer term subscribers.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's always your best way to go. I mean, you get a better deal, and then you got a two-for-one capper specials, which are an, an amazing deal, really. Uh, but, yeah, I got my uh, – let me see real quick. I got the yearly pass is 1500 and so that averages out to about, what, 4 bucks a day. And then the monthly is 400 weekly is $175, 3 day pass is 90 bucks. So
0: for 175 bucks for weekly, $7, 5 35 picks – so probably like five bucks a pick or less.
3: Oh, yeah. Right now with the NHL and MLB going on. And NBA, NBA, NBA playoffs game, start less, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Less to choose from there. But uh, definitely I already got one pick out in the NBA for tomorrow. And, yeah, definitely going to be a lot of picks with the, uh, with the baseball going on. All right. Jovan,
0: number three for the week um, at Pick Dogs oh, all, all the way around. A winning um, April as well. Um been I mean, you've been with us about a year and a half at this point, and I think you've been on the leaderboard the entire time. Number two overall this year. So you guys are one and two for the year. Um what do you got for today, pick Dogs?
5: Uh, just a major league baseball three pack. Not a major, thirty nine ninety nine, you know. So just MLB today. Tomorrow, NBA, you're going to be doing the playoffs and, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm running hot in, in, in basketball, so I, I better put out something. <laughs> I, lo-
0: I love the YouTube comments. It's like, oh, this guy gives out of the totals on these games. And it's really, it just isn't even true, you know, but it's like, he does give out a lot of totals, but it's like, they're winning and they pay as much as the side. <laughs> it's like, it's like. I can't possibly cash my ticket on the under. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I, it makes it's like, I don't even, I never understand this. It's like, but he has generally, and maybe he doesn't make it as clear in his videos. And maybe I'll put in a graphic in there, get Joe side on this game <laughs> in his premium right. picks, where he's plus, And maybe I should do a better job. I do the graphics on Joe Vaughn's uh, videos. So, um, I, I I'll just I'll work on some new graphics to show people, um, you know, because I I love the comments. And speaking of videos, we got the king, the new king. I have, the Oof. king is dead over here, and we have a, the new undisputed king of the YouTube channel, and that is Ron with the Rundown, um, closing in on ten thousand views a day here on on the Rundown, and he's been doing this for three weeks in the in one of in the second least popular sport of all of them which is amazing, you know, which is amazing. Um, it's a credit to, um, you know, to the hard work that he puts in. And I think, you know, the way that he does the style of the show, um, you know, he adds in these quick facts, you know, and he kind of, you could tell that he's not just throwing something together, you know, he's not you know here to pitch, you know, like like you watch some of these other channels, like, you know, and you see these guys and it's just, they're just there for a pitch, you know. And it's like they might say something about it, whatever. But Ron really get, is giving out a ton of value, and I mean, how could there not be value on free? You know, but he's also got his Ron rundown pick, fifteen bucks guaranteed, which is actually comes out slightly more expensive than buying his three packs or weeklies or whatever. But it's a low entry point, and it gives you know his fan base um, a chance to you know who might not normally buy premium picks a chance to uh, to get them. Ron, um, what do you got to say for yourself?
4: Yeah, you know, I've been—I'm really humbled by the support we were getting on those on those videos. It, it, you know, takes a lot of work, but it's worth it. You know, I enjoy making the videos. I love baseball, so it's really not hard work when when you love what you do. And really, the the purpose for the videos, rather than just like a pick dump where you know you just take my word as gospel and, and take every single pick I give out, it's really more of a way to try to get you to think different about baseball make make you a better handicapper you know I give out a lot of information that a lot of people maybe didn't know before watching the videos some advanced analytics stats that maybe go on you know they're not very popular so it's just kind of a video to give you a lot of information give you my opinion so far the picks have been doing really well and also start getting you thinking about different things in baseball so I think a lot of people are enjoying it and I really enjoy making the videos and uh, we're going to have it all season long so but I've got uh, on the premium side of things We've started the $15 pick, like Mitch mentioned, uh, the rundown play of the day. And since we started it on Monday, they've, they've gone 4-0 with one push. That was last night because of the Yankees' tornado uh, delay. Unfortunately, we had that 12-2 winner, but couldn't finish the game. But we're going to have another play today. I've also got another pick that's just for long-term subscribers. So you can check out the long-term plans. And, yeah, just looking to keep going in baseball. It's
0: really been my number one focus. Yeah, yesterday I was uh, I was I was talking to Romanelli, and I said, you know, The most, you know, when you watch baseball as much as, like, I do and Ron does and, you know, pretty much we all do, um, you're going to see something at every game that you've never seen before. But you're also going to hear, if you listen around, you know, and to some of the announcers I listen to, other ones I don't listen to, but um, the ones that I listen to are normally just full of information and really tell you the interesting stuff, not the, you know— and. Some guys have fun with it. You know, other guys are more serious. I, I listen to both. Um, but the most interesting stat I heard yesterday, and I told this to Ron on the phone, was that Yadi Molina and Adam Wainwright as a battery, and we're not talking about games where Wainwright has won that he started. We're talking about games that the Cardinals won that, that they started as a battery are second on the all-time list, and they're one game away from becoming the winningest for the team, and they didn't get one yesterday, right? But they're becoming one game away from the winningest battery for the team in the history of baseball, and I couldn't remember the name of the, of the people, that, of the record they were going to break, Warren Spahn and Del Crandall. That's how old this record is, <laughs> okay? You don't see records like this anymore. So here are the, here are the lists, okay? Warren, Mickey Lolich and Bill Freehand, Okay, these were the Tigers of the, of the, one of the greatest pitching staffs of all time, right? Mickey Lolich and Bill Freehan, Warren Spahn and Del Crandall, Red Faber and Ray Schalk, and Don, Drys, John, Don Drysdale and Johnny Roseboro. This is how hard it is to crack this list. To have the, the longevity of the catcher and the pitcher remaining on the same team and being able for the team to, to win that many games. I mean, look at these teams. That Tigers team, World Series, you know, they, put, they, they played in the World Series. They had the, the 20 games and 30-game winners on that, those teams. Um, Warren Spahn is, you know, Hall of Famer, first ballot guy, right? Um, Don Drysdale, Johnny Roseboro. I mean, these are, the, these are the L.A. Dodgers when they moved from Brooklyn, right? I mean, these are, these are the guys. Red Faber and Ray Schalk. You got to be kidding me, you know? You're on the list with these guys, you know? It's pretty, I thought it was pretty amazing. Um, it's all about um, staying on the t- same teams, and the, then there's the longevity of being able to do something like this. And that's why this list is, is one of the toughest to crack. But I thought it was pretty amazing. Anyways, Brian, what do you got for sale?
2: I got my get-back three-pack yesterday, two-and-one in Major League Baseball. NHL and NBA that did me in. You get my best three bets in baseball for $50 at PickDogs.com premium picks. Remember, Ron Romanelli, number one baseball handicappers. So make sure you check him out. And uh, Joe Vaughn, number two overall for the year. And we got uh, Nino's number one and seems like everything. So we got all the all-stars here at PickDogs.com. Oh, I forgot Joe yesterday. Joe Madden crushed it with plus 500, so...
0: And you look at this list, 1963 to 1975, Lulich and, and, uh, and Freehand. Crandall and Spahn was 1949 to 1963. Wainwright and Molina, 2007 to this year. So, I mean, 15 years. Red Faber and Ray Shock 1914 to 1926, which just shows you how many more games pitchers used to start than they start now. Um, Drysdale and Roseboro. Los Angeles Dodgers 57 to 67. And then Red Ruffing and Bill Dickey. That's like the Babe Ruth teams. Yeah. You know, um, of of the, of the, that's 1930. So just outside of Murderers Row. Um, 1930, to 1946. Steve Rogers and Gary Carter, Montreal Expos. And they, they had the best. If mean, you go back and you look at those teams that they had. Fernando and Mike Socia is on this list. Bob Feller, Lefty Gomez, and Bill Dickey, another Yankee combo on there, 31-40. to 40. How about these Yankees of the 30s? They had, they had two guys on the, in the top 10. And uh, Tom Glavin and Javi Lopez are on this list. Steve Carlton and Tim McCarver for Brian's team. Tom Seaver and Jerry Grody. Steve Carlton... Lefty Grove, Mickey Cochran, Whitey Ford, and Yogi. Man, this is an epic list. This is like the epic of epics. Joe Madden on the epic list, plus 5.03 yesterday. Doing it on the ice, doing it on the diamond. What do you got going on?
1: I got a three pack today in the MLB. So you guys, um, some of these games kick off in the earlier section of the day. So make sure you head over to pickdogs.com to grab those. What have you got, Mitch?
0: I have MLB three pack, but I have extra picks as well um, in there um, too. So uh, be sure to check those out. I guess these Dodgers, too, the 57 to uh, 67 Dodgers were also had a crazy pitching staff, too, with um, Drysdale and Koufax, um, two guys that you might have heard of that are both on the list. Whitey Ford and Yogi on here. And this is a crazy list. I would never even have looked at this stat before. But it's like every guy on the list is like, you know. So you got to figure Adam Wainwright is a Hall of Famer. Every pitcher on this list is a Hall of Famer. Every single one of them.
2: Well, oh, goes by your ERA, wins and losses, and
0: well, Adam and all. Kinds well, Adam Wainwright's got the got I the, don't know. I'm, he's I'm got the Fiamonti. No, I mean you know, if we no if we look and Yadi is a is a first ballot hall, the hall of Famer as well. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? sure. but we look at Adam Wainwright and you know what. He kinda does have the resume here to get it done. You know? He does. He doesn't he doesn't excite me. Well, he doesn't need to excite you. He um <laughs> he's got several World <laughs> Series play. appearances. He's got, you know, he has the full Monty here, man. He does have it. He does have it, man. Forty yeah. years old out of Brunswick, Georgia. <laughs> 2026 career strikeouts, second to Bob Gibson on the Cardinals all-time list. Not too shabby. Any, any anyone else here ever, old enough to have ever seen Bob Gibson pitch? Oh man, nope. Oh, you saw Babe Ruth pitch, didn't you? Well, when you see, if you ever watch, if, there's a there's a station called ESPN Classics. And if, if if you watch, it's 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 not it's not a heavily watched channel. But if you if you kind of once in a while, if you just see what's up and coming, they'll generally show that Cardinals Tigers World Series is one of the ones that they show on there. And Bob Gibson pitches, I think, every game, so you got to see it. It's pretty amazing. One of that he threw. Um, Anyways, I can go on and going on about this stuff. Let's get back to today's games. I know this is what everybody cares about. And we are at Seattle, we should Miami. Should
2: be up to six six ten time slot.
0: I got it. Seattle, Miami, Pittsburgh, San Diego, and Texas, Atlanta. Joe, what do you think of these three? muted
1: sorry about that apologies you guys um give me the padres uh, to get another win here over the pirates i think we have a higher scoring one as well padres just dominated with that seven to three win yesterday and i'm seeing a really similar game in here i think both teams will be able to um, get some runs to take us over this number of seven and then i think what we saw out of Miami yesterday—they played a really strong game. And they're six and zero in their last six overall. Uh, the Mariners are just struggling against Miami, going zero and four in the last four meetings. Two and five—sorry, that's in Miami—and two and five in the last seven meetings overall. And in interleague games, as the underdog, they haven't been strong. So I think Miami gets another nice win here in a lower-scoring game as well.
0: Brian.
2: Yeah, I really like my uh, Miami Marlins today. Lizardo has been hit or miss, but I think he's starting to uh, come into his zone. And uh, Marlins are playing good, solid baseball. I'm going to take a shot with the Pittsburgh Pirates, just to lean. Brew Baker's been awful, but I I think he's their well, I think he's maybe their second best starter. Uh, I think uh, they bounced back a little bit against the Padres today.
4: Ron Romanelli. Well, there's three main rules that I live by in my life. A or one treat others the way you would want to be treated Two, always brush your teeth before you go to bed and three fade Bryce elder when he's a favorite in any spot. So I'm going to have to take the Rangers on the money line here. Bryce elder cannot be a favorite in this spot. I know he's going again, going up against Dane Dunning, but Dunning's a little bit more accomplished and Bryce elder has a real issue on the mound. I think right now he's not ready for major league ball. He walks a ton of batters coming off a performance where he gave up six walks to the Marlins. Before that, he gave up five walks to the Padres. Teams haven't been able to burn him yet, but today could be that day. So give me the Rangers on the money line in that one.
0: Does it bug you that Elder always does it with a smile on his face too when he screws you? (laughs) It's kind of like I just screwed you really bad, but you know, and he's always got this big smile on his face. I'll tell you what irks me. It, It irks me too. We get him today, Al. We're going to
3: wipe that smile off his face. Uh, Likes the uh, Mariners in this one. And I like the over in that uh, Padres-Pittsburgh game. I think the wind's blowing in, but just four miles per hour. If you look at the trends, they've played to the under lately, but uh, over when they play in Pittsburgh. So I'll take my shots uh, with, uh, with the over now.
0: I wonder, is the roof open or closed in Texas? I think for a day game, the roof is going to be cl- closed. So I don't think that wind's going to matter. No? I don't know. That's what I I don't know. Tough, tough. I don't know. Uh, which one did you
3: say? Which game are you Texas talking Braves? about? Texas Braves. You said the wind was oh, blowing I'm in. I'm talking about the uh, the Padres uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I thought
0: you were talking about that one. No, no. no. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still got to go with the Braves. The Rangers are kind of on my pain no mind list. Two and nine at home this season. They they stink. I mean, they just absolutely stink. Um, I'd
3: probably take the over in that game too, though.
0: Six and 14 on the season. Dane Dunning just, I mean, he doesn't do anything for me. Um, I like the Pirates against the... Padres. I went down swinging on the Pirates yesterday. I got all excited. They were up two nothing in the first inning, and you know, I should have played them first inning. I like the yes runs first inning. I'm not a nerfy guy. I'm I'm a, I'm a yerfy guy. Yerf. And, yes, and um, I think the nerfy is is the the new square bet. Um, oh, yeah. I do believe the nerfy is the new square bet, and it's it, we we went over this on yesterday's show. I think it was we talked about it. Brian and I had this discussion that. The nerfy is the most counterintuitive bet out there um, for the for the square better. It, it, it makes not even any sense to me to them because the square betters loves the nerfy and the over. It's like, it, it's like <laughs> it, right? They love the nerfy and they love the they love the over. So. It kind of like wouldn't like, and and the one that we did say yes runs first inning. Trevor Rogers, always <laughs> he's always it's like he's our guy, right? Trevor Rogers is Mister Yes Runs First Inning. You know, he's our guy. Um, but um, I think he gives up more first. <laughs> inning. What about Jordan Lyles? Jordan Jordan Lyles first run. inning runs. Uh, he's been a little tougher this season. I think that this Mania Brubaker, I think we could see some runs in the first inning in that sucker. I think both these guys are fully capable. I like the way Mania pitches, but the issue I had, and the same issue I had with him in Oakland, he's just wearing a different uniform, he throws every pitch is a strike, right? He doesn't, he doesn't throw any balls. Really, he doesn't. But if his, if his pitch has a lot of action when it's coming over the plate, when it flattens out, he gets crushed I mean really hit hard. I don't know the bucks generally at these home weekend weird games this is where they generally play really well. I'm gonna have to go with the Pirates here to hoist the Jolly Roger and uh, I don't know I just enjoy fading Nathan Nevaldi just always have always will. Oh we're not on that game. But I, I also, um, I think that um, you got to go with the Marlins here. They've won quietly, very quietly, six in a row at this point. Um, Lizardo kind of showing why that he was the guy that they wanted when they went to trade Marte last year. They had a lot of options. Everybody wanted Marte when he went to trade him, and this was the trade that they took was Lizardo, was the guy, and they had a million pitchers already. But this was yeah, the guy the that. The Marlins have
2: four pitchers that give them a chance to win every single game. That they,
0: but Lazardo, we're starting to see exactly what they saw in him because last year he had like an 80 RA or something, but right? he was terrible 6.44. So Lazardo's numbers before coming to Miami the last two seasons 6.87 and 6.44. This season he's 3.77, but that was all in that one game. Against, against the Cardinals, 4.1 innings, 7 hits, 5 runs, 4 earned. Outside of that, against the Braves, 5 innings, 2 hits, 1 run, 1 earned. 4 walks, 8 strikeouts. And, of course, that game against the Angels, which he lost in Anaheim. I mean, what more can you do, you know? What more can, what more can you possibly do? He went 5 innings, 2 hits, 1 run, 1 walk, and 12 strikeouts and lost. It's like I don't know, man. I I oh he got a no decision. The team lost, but he got a no decision. I I don't know. I like Lazardo, and I think this is really super cheap on Robbie Ray, who people just are enamored with. Super cheap. So the books are begging you to take Seattle here, pleading with you. Just they're out in the corner. They got their tin cup out (laughs) No, not
2: for
4: the tin cup
0: (laughs) I got a guitar over here If they they want to borrow it Red Sox and the Orioles It is Spencer Watkins Moved back into this spot To play against the Red Sox We've got Eric Lauer Against Justin (laughs) Steele in Milwaukee And the the Brewers uh, They kind of woodshedded the Cubs yesterday (laughs) Kind of they really were whooping it up, too, on them. Like, when they hit the home runs after home run, they were, like, really, they were all dancing and high five and kind of, like, really in their face in it. I think there's – what happens is you get those games in Milwaukee, especially the weekend games like that, there's just a ton of Cub fans there, just tons, because it's really close to Chicago. And, uh, yeah, I think that's why the Brewers were jumping. I think Bernie, uh, Bernie the Brewer, whatever his name is, I think he ripped a hole in his pants because he went down that slide so many times in that game yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, it's like everybody was hitting home runs. And then speaking of home runs, Taiwan Walker's facing off against Kyle Gibson, in city field, no hitter yesterday for the mutts. Um, I, I don't like these combined no hitters. I don't know how you pull a pitcher out with a no hitter. There's I, I don't... Al Ninos. Speaking of pitchers pulled out this year with
3: no hitters. Um, Who do you like in these three? I like um, the over in that Brewers game. I like the uh, Mets. I don't mind taking a shot with Baltimore, but not crazy about it. That's the three we're going over, right? Yes. How about you, Jovon?
5: Yeah, so... I can only look to the over um, with this Baltimore Red Sox game, I expect, um, you know, more than they run, eight eight um, run total that they have posted. And, uh, <clears throat> I think that's it. I'll stop there. Ron
0: Romanelli, Willie Adamas, Christian Yellick, Andrew McCutcheon, Hunter Renfro, Jace Peterson. Um, Renfro had two homers, so it was one, two, three, four, five, six home runs yesterday for the Brewers against the Cubs. And I'm telling you, it was some slow-ass trips around the bases on those two. I mean, I think there's a chance. I mean, you generally don't do it on the road, but I could see the Cubs throwing at them today. Um, They were were really high-fiving. You know, there's a lot, a <laughs> lot of ass slapping going on. There. Yeah,
4: when you see Jace Peterson going deep, then you really got to worry about <laughs> I don't remember the last time he hit a home run. But, um, yeah, you know, in that in that Cubs-Brewers game, I think the price, like, I think I missed on it a little bit. It was open up at like 150. Now it's up, I think, 170. Not in love with that price, but I, I still would lean the Brewers there. <clears throat> I, think, I do think Lauer is pitching really well, and Justin Steele, not so much, so... I think the Brewers have every reason to win again. But I also like the Red Sox on the run line here. I mentioned on the rundown that you know, Valde, you know, although he's given up a lot of home runs this season, a little bit has been unluckiness. It's 30% of the fly balls he's allowed have gone over for a home run. You're not going to see that stat stay that way the rest of the season. It's going to go down to at least 25 20%. So he'll have more success without limiting the long ball, and he's a good pitcher overall. He just needs to watch those homers. And Spencer Watkins, I can't, I can't even think about backing him in this spot. His ERA is low for now, but I think it'll be rising pretty darn soon. So I'll take the Red Sox and lay the run line.
0: Lorenzo Cain moved down into the eight spot here for the Brewers. Um, he has not been hitting, you know, to start the season. He's one seventy-one, but he did get two hits yesterday. Man, if he heats Ooh. up, look out. This team is yep. going to be. Very, very tough, I mean, they're doing this without him, and I consider him their second best player mm. With a, a, there's a huh there like he's not, but that's okay. Andrew McCutcheon think. is taking his spot in the line in the uh, in the four spot you know. and he had a home run yesterday, he's eating up a little bit. Yeah, the Brewers are the Brewers are uh, you know, it, I believe they've made the playoffs more than anybody right over the last ten years. They have made the most, so no reason, no surprise. Doesn't
4: hurt that you play in the same division as the Reds, Pirates,
0: and Cubbies. and the Cardinals, though. Yeah, Cardinals, those two. It's
4: really been Brewers Cardinals division the last decade.
0: Cubs had a good run there. They had yeah. a strong run. Yeah, lost. You know, Brian. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think it, I think Nathan Eovaldi a little bit priced high here. I'm going to take the run line in the Baltimore Warriors with Watkins uh, on the mound. The Orioles let me down yesterday, but I think they keep it within a run, and I'll take the Brewers, lay the run line. Lauer's been pretty sturdy for being one of the, what, the Brewers' fourth or fifth option, and uh, Steele looks like he's hit the walls, and the Cubs have looked awful. I'll take the Brewers' run line there.
0: Joe Madden.
1: Yeah, I agree with Brian here on the Brewers on the run line. I just, I look at the Cubs and they're struggling too much. They have been strong against left-handed starters, but I don't trust them to get it done. And I think the Brewers are just playing too well at the moment. And then give me uh, the New York Mets and the over in this game. Uh, Walker has had some shoulder issues. So if the Phillies do get uh, a couple hits on him, I think we do go over this total. So I think I like the over the best, actually over seven and a half.
0: I like the over in the Mets-Phillies. I think either of these teams could easily go over the 7.5 by themselves against these two pitchers. Um, Walker has only pitched two innings this season. Remember last year he was so strong before the All-Star break, and then after the All-Star break he had a complete meltdown. And he kind of looked like the same Walker that we had seen in Seattle. And meanwhile, Kyle Gibson, same thing. You know, He was really, really strong two games before the trade deadline. The wheels came off the cart, and they're still off as far as I'm concerned. I think we're not going to see a no-hitter today at Citi Field. That's for sure. could be the opposite. I don't know. I enjoyed watching the Brewers do all the celebrating against the Cubs. (laughs) If they do it again today, I would be pretty happy. And I had the Orioles yesterday, and they had the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth inning, down by uh, two runs. Didn't get it done for me. So it's the nature of the beast. That's what life of betting the Orioles is, but at six and fourteen, you're really still not in that bad a shape, you know, with the Orioles compared to some of these other teams. When you look at the money um situation, which is of course is something we care about. You know, so um I just think that uh you know the Orioles so far if you bet them every game, um you're down about fourteen bucks. And uh, for the Red Sox, about thirteen bucks. So when it comes to the money, these teams are pretty even. We move on to our last set of games: Yankees against the Royals. The tornado that uh, took down Romanelli yesterday—it's what it took. It took a tornado to stop this guy um, and his heater. Um, he gave out the run line in that game, and uh, up twelve to two. Tornado stoppage. That's what it takes. You know, to stop this guy. We've got the Rockies against the Reds. Chad Cool against Connor Overton in this one. The Reds. It's hard. Um, I can't imagine. Well, I, I, you know, if I've played on bad teams before too. You know, it's like, and um, well, I made the team. So how good could they have been? And you know, three and seventeen. You can't win um, the division in April, but you sure as hell can lose it. And the Reds are in that position here. And I think what we saw last night was where they were in this tight game with the Rockies and, you know, things were kind of going okay. The And it's it's 1-1, right? It's a 1-1 game. They kind of – it looks like they're getting out of trouble. They have runners on the corner, but it looks like they're going to get out of it. And then crack, McMahon hits the three-run home run, and it's 4-1. And you could they show the Reds dug out, and they have this look on his face. Here we go again. You know? And it's hard not to quit because you have so many people they are playing for jobs. They're playing for all these things. I mean, Bell is gone, right? I mean, he's gone, gone <laughs> you know, but it's like, but everybody else, you know, and I said this, you know, a, a number of times already. It's like, here's a small market team that got rid of, um, you know, their two all-stars, Winker, Winker and uh, Castellanos, right? So they, could, they haven't been able to replace these guys. And that's a big part of the issue here. I think fam looks pretty good. You know, he's been playing pretty well for them. It's not like a total disaster, but it's not good either. And then I think this situation so I'm, you guys know, I'm anti Dodger and all that other stuff. And uh, he's always fading the Dodgers, whatever. But I think this is one of those spots that, while well, there's no way I'm betting minus 345, I don't. I don't Really don't care who's pitching and what the situation is. But this is one of those situations where I could you could say, if you're ever going to bet 345, this might be the place. Because Bo Brisky, I could see this 20th round draft choice being a deer in the headlights starting in Dodger Stadium against Clayton Kershaw on a Saturday night. It's like, you want to talk about a lousy spot for a rookie, you know, for a 20th round draft choice. This is it. You know, this is about as bad as it gets. And I'm not saying that the Tigers won't be able to hit Kershaw or any of those things. But I would say that my guess is this brisky has grown up watching Kershaw, you know, that this has kind of been his his thing. Right. So um, I don't know. What do you you think, Al Ninos, about this situation here? (laughs)
3: No reverse run line here for you, Mitch.
0: I I I I can't
3: even go reverse run line in this game. No, no. no. Uh, Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's overpriced. uh, But the only way I could look at this is Dodgers minus two. You take them uh, run line and on the alternate red line, or if your book gives you that minus two, just take that. Only way I can look at this game. All right, let's see. Yeah, I mean, maybe the over two, but, but yeah, I prefer the Dodgers minus two here. All right. Jovan?
5: Yeah, um, the Yankees are swinging a hot bat. Got to ride them as far as I'm concerned. You know, going up against Carlos Hernandez, who, you know, He's given up at least three runs in each of his um you know first three starts and you know I think they I think they scored, you know, that eight by itself. So mm-hmm. Yanks on the run line in the over and keep on fading those Reds. You know, what can I say about that? You know, um I, w- I w- this is about you know the extent of where I would lay Juice at as far as um you know any baseball game. So one forty five you know, still rock with the money line for for the Rockies,
0: Ron Romanelli. Yeah, I think the
4: nightcap is uh, not the strongest. I lean towards the Yankees on the run line. Hopefully, you can get that game through nine innings. Um, but I also I also think uh, the Dodgers run line is the only way to go there. I would lay two and a half runs. Uh, Bo Brisky, you know, I bid had, had pretty good expectations for him. Going into his first start, he struggled quite a bit, though. Two home runs allowed against the Rockies, and it's not going to get any easier with the Dodgers here. And Clayton Kershaw is pitching the way he does, and three three and zero with a two point six five ERA. Uh, I think he has another strong showing, so I, I could see the Dodgers win this game by three or more. So I'll lay the two and a half runs with them.
0: Brian Joel and Bead out for the Sixers. Um, yeah,
4: well,
2: maybe that somebody else will step up there and game. I money. think it's all over, but so. the crying.
0: Anyways, uh, what do you think wow. of these three?
2: We're oh, talking about baseball here, and I'm surprised you guys are turning your nose up at three to one on your money with the Tigers. You know, if you look at the the numbers for Brisky in the minors, he was. I under, confident. I understand. Like,
0: I under, I I love Brisky. I love Kershaw all those was a
2: five inning guy,
0: but this he is a de- this is a deer in the headlights spot for a 20th round draft choice. If there's going to be a deer in the headlights they're... spot, because Brisky, it wasn't like it, it. wasn't like he came out on fire in his major league debut.
2: Oh no, not at all. You know, but you know, you're getting three to one on your money against a Kershaw who's gone five innings the last two starts. I mean, he's awesome, Kershaw. But then you got the Dodgers bullpen, a Tigers team that's desperate. It's been losing. Uh, uh, you're getting minus three sixty-five. Don't grow on trees. And, i just uh, i'm gonna take a shot here with the tigers i'm not selling my house to bet the tigers tonight but i'll take a crack at them i'm gonna go a little bit public with the yankees i i agree <laughs> with what everybody said i know mitch will probably be opposed to me here but i think garrett cole's gonna have a dominant performance because he usually dominates the crappy teams like the royals got uh, hernandez on the mound it's probably the worst case he's got so i'll lay the run line with the yanks and then I'm a glutton for punishment. I'll take the Cincinnati Reds with uh, Connor Overton making his first start, 2.84 ERA in the minors this year and 0.95 whip over 19 innings pitched. So I'll take a chance with Overton against Chad Cool, who's not going to keep up a 2-0 1.10 ERA. Do I smell a White That's Sox,
0: a White Sox Reds parlay here. <laughs> I'm going to take White Sox
2: Reds and maybe even Tigers, Tigers who knows. <laughs>
0: I like the Nationals better than any of those it's called the
4: suicide parlay it's
0: like it's like the scene from Vegas vacation it's like how about you hand me your wallet I go out back and kick you in the balls a couple times and we save ourselves a little bit of time and aggravation here. Joe what do you think about these three
1: (laughs) I'm going to roll with the New York Yankees here on the run line too with Garrett Cole I think they just come out and have a great day I do um, like the Colorado Rockies to uh, get their team total over. I think we can trust more in them than the Reds. This total of 11 is high but as long as the Rockies come out and play the game that I'm expecting I think we can count on the Reds to get a couple runs here and get over that 11 but I'd be counting on the Rockies to get the majority of those. And then give me the LA Dodgers here on that run line as well. I like them in that first five on the run line we can get that um, at minus 114 for those first five and the over four and a half for that first five as well. And excuse my dog. I'm going to mute myself. He's dogs are barking. Oh, it's not a good sign when you're talking about the favorite.
0: I'm on the Royals here. I like them. I, I see where Brian's going with all these dogs, but I think the dog here is the Royals. We know that Hernandez is better than this. We saw the Royals hit, um, Nestor yesterday. Who's a better pitcher than Cole. Um, and then you know the hand of God came down and 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 stopped the run line against the Royals, the run line damage there. So I think that you know destiny is is in their hands here, you know with the Royals, and I think that they I think they get it done here. I think they do. I loved, and I know Romanelli and I differed on this, but I love the coverage on Apple TV. I love it. I don't wa- listen to the sound, so I have no idea who the announcers are or heard a word that they had to say. I love the way you're watching the game from the dugout. Like you're on the field watching the game. It's just such a different angle than we see from any other broadcast out there. It's like you're watching the game from the dugout. Like they capture the angles of the game in ways that I've never seen it on TV before. When the guys are running around the bases, it's like you're on the field, you know, like you're in the dugout when they're running around the base. Like you it's it's just a different way of capturing the game. And I think they've they've done an amazing job with it, you know. If you didn't see it, the Yankees Royals last night was on um Apple TV, so it was the Giants Nationals game. And it's just so normally when you see baseball, there's that same angle of of um, you know, it's it's the pitcher, you know. Throwing to the catcher and whatever, but this they're showing it like from a dugout angle, sort of, and it's like you're on the field. It looks like you're on the field, and like when you see the guys, you can see just how wide that dirt is between second and third base. You know, you could just see like it's it's just impossible. Like they don't capture it on the regular TV like the way they do it on the Apple TV. I wish I had a picture to show you guys what I meant, and maybe today I'll do some screenshots to show everybody. But it's just. It's amazing, you know it's really, really cool, the way they cover it. It's just i have, I have to give it to them, according to Romanelli, the commentary needs some work. I don't listen to the commentary, so I don't know i listened I was listening to the Cardinals game, telling me about Wainwright and Yatti, picking up some other tidbits, wanted to hear what the what the announcers had to say about the Reds, you know the situation in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> It is a situation. There's an issue there. You can't ride it out with your manager. You're hitting your I mean you have a winning 3 out of 20 is what is that 15%? 15%? 15%. 1 point, you know? That's terrible. All right. Just got a parlay, El Nino's parlay par, prop, anything.
3: Uh n- don't mind going last if you don't mind going around the horn I haven't don't have one. I'm ready to with come me. here. Yeah. All right. Well, then go right ahead, Brian.
2: I got my shitty team parlay here. I got the Chicago White Sox on the money line, teamed up with the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds. Those
0: two teams today. Gross.
1: If it cashes, that's gonna be a big return.
0: Oh so, yeah, definitely. I it's it's not gonna happen. <laughs>
1: It's
4: Something in the like bank. Money in the bank. The Reds gotta win first. I wouldn't parlay anything with that. Just them winning is kind of a 16 parlay in itself.
3: But are so you not even getting that much value on them either? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. I think over. To it's the gone up a future. little bit. Uh, but no, it's gone up and down actually. Yeah. Chad
4: Cole's been good. Uh, it's that's a tough one. It's just like it seems like there's been games that the Reds should have won. I think with Malley on the mound, they had a good chance. Even last night, I think the pitching matchup was in their favor. But if they can't win those kind of games, I don't know how they're going to win these kind of games. But they're not going to win three games all year, that's for sure.
3: (laughs) That's true.
1: Uh, For my parlay, I'm going to take the Miami Marlins, the Brewers, and the Mets all on the money line there.
5: Who's up? I'll throw out one. Um Rays run line. Padres run line. Yankees run line. Run line parlay. I
0: like I like Ward to hit a home run here for the Angels. Uh I like it a lot. I'm gonna double down on that. Getting four to one on my money, and I think it should be even money.
3: Um, there's no no ch- sorry go ahead go ahead you can talk over me I don't no because it was about the angels game uh there's no chance Syndergaard pitches today right because he was supposed to pitch yesterday and he didn't go right and I'm not seeing anything confirmed yet but it's saying um, Suarez yeah but yeah Suarez should be pitching yeah I think Syndergaard let me see because he said he was non COVID sick or something right so...
4: yeah illness yeah Suarez should be the guy yep. Mm-hmm. I like that Taylor Ward prop uh, quite a bit, actually. You said it's plus 400, Mitch?
0: Yep. Uh,
4: yeah. I think that's a solid play. He's just been hitting such a hot bat, and he's batting
0: over 400 right now. And Vince is pitching. Yeah, I mean, nobody gives up more homers than Vince. The thing Seven is, that third. he looks like a greyhound out there on the mound, too. He just has like <laughs> the perfect textbook for him. It's like, right? and then he throws it and it's like smack. <laughs> it's amazing, <laughs> you know. It's like just it's like he 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 throws it just so perfectly. It's amazing to see. Anyways, I like the over in the Rangers Braves game. We're going to wipe that smile off of Bryce Elder's face. I like the over in the Mets Phillies matchup. I think the both these teams, I like the team total over for both teams as well in that one. And I like the Washington Nationals plus the run and a half here against Logan Webb and the Giants. I think you could even go reverse run line on this game once again. I love my Giants, but sometimes it's time to get off the ship. And this looks to be be one of those
3: times. Uh, I'll go Blue Jays, uh, A's. And Angels. Blue Jays. Blue what? Jays, A's, Angels. All right.
0: No Kershaw. The little yeah, Dodgers you kicker. Can, Dodgers kicker.
3: You can also go Dodgers, Giants, Blue Jays. So I'm showing the Eagles, them the Dodgers,
0: kicker, but... Al, you know, speaking, and we know you love this, and we know minus 345 is hard for you to not bet, but – if we look at some of these like advanced run lines on the Dodgers and see if there's any value whatsoever here. Um and this is my wheelhouse, right? So yeah,
3: you get -2 minus, minus 127 I guess. I think that's a decent price for minus, yeah. I
0: you can't lay runs
3: and odds over the
0: long t- over the long haul. Wait, you will lose money. Half, you will lose money. On, you yeah, you If you lay runs and odds, over, odds over the long yeah. haul, the the data says the data says if you lay runs and odds over the long haul, I'm not, saying, you know, I'm not saying you'll lose every single bet that you do that. I'm saying that over the long haul, the data shows you will lose a lot of money laying runs and odds because in yeah. sports betting, and I'll, I'll stick to my same strategy, and I, you're up 2,000-something you know, units for the month, but obviously, you know, for me, I believe that the books always have an edge. So it's always about maximizing return. You know, it's always about maximizing return. And when you're laying odds, you're not maximizing return. You're, you're basically um, trying to cut your losses. So you're playing not to lose. You're not playing to win. You know, and when you play not to lose, you, the books have you right where they want you. It's like the person that doesn't shift their money on the blackjack table. You know,
3: they got you right where they want you you know I think it depends on the situation. I mean, obviously you can't go do this every day or blindly with every minus three hundred favor, although there's usually a reason they're minus three hundred 300s. i I wouldn't go doing it blindly the reason
0: the only reason that the only reason that they're minus three hundred is to weigh the weigh the betting odds. It has nothing to do with probability and outcome. It only has to do with betting um money action the the odds on a game the point spreads and um and odds have nothing to do with probability of, of outcome. It only has to do with with the with the money on the game. It doesn't, you know. Okay. The, it it doesn't. Um, it there's no there's no correlation to that. You know, at least at least not that I know of.
3: Not maybe direct, but I mean, obviously, I think I mean. it there's a they, they they think basically they're saying that people are gonna be willing to bet minus 300 on the Dodgers today, which I'm sure will be on 95 percent of the parlay tickets today you know but uh, but again yeah so you can I I don't bet that number for a single single bet and uh, you could do minus two and a half I see that at even money but uh, but I'd much rather lay a little bit of juice and get the, uh, the insurance. If they end on two, I push rather than lose. And to me, I like doing a lot better with the minus one. One is a much more key number, if you will, than two. But, uh, but again, so if you rather go minus two and a half, even money, but you won't. Probably won't find that ever. I've seen it minus 2.5 at minus 110 as well. So if you're doing minus 2.5, minus 110, I might, I'd much rather do minus 2, minus at 127. How about minus Again, the, 4 at, at, at 2 to 1 on your money? Minus 4.5. You know, then that's something. Maybe you can do a little bit of money line and a little bit of minus 4.5, and, and then you'd get it around even money, and that might not be a terrible bet either.
0: Minus 4 at plus
3: 179. No, that's not close. Yeah, I mean you can do a bit. Uh, you can do minus one and a half and minus four. I don't know. Or is this one that you just say, you know what? I gotta let this thing go. I gotta let it. Go. I bet the minus two. So that's how I went with it. I got minus two, minus one twenty-seven. I think that's a decent price for tonight. If you prefer minus two and a half at even money. That's fine too. If, you, as you said, you don't want to be laying juice too often, especially in spots like this. Dodgers team total at four and a half here is minus one
0: forty on the over. I think that's the better. That's the best bet of all of them.
3: Yeah, you know? those. Those I really don't like laying juice with num- with totals or team totals. Yeah, but it's only four and a half. Yeah, I'd rather go minus five and get even money or whatever the press on. It that could is. be over
0: four and a half by the first inning.
3: It could, well, could it be, yeah. But again, on those, I'd rather try to find the minus five and uh, and not lay that juice there. All right. Well, interesting. But that's just me.
0: Interesting discussions here. I'm I'm, I'm all ears. I'm listening to it. I just think that, you know, I find it really difficult to, to lay odds and and um, runs. I think that you're walking into a trap, you know, when you do that.
3: You have to be careful. You can't do it blindly,
0: that's for sure. Well, it's just, you know, the... The numbers show that if you do it, you will lose money over the long term. Well, And it's like you're betting against yourself. You know? You're betting against yourself because you're not getting any bigger return on investment. You're not getting a bigger return on investment, so what's the point? You need to get the return on investment. It's, you're still betting
3: $10. You know? It's like... Betting to win
0: ten. Right. Anyways. All right. Thanks everyone for joining us. Appreciate every one of you. We could talk about this stuff all day. But um I think go tigers. All right. They're great. Make it a winning day. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll have NBA playoffs. NHL playoffs start on Monday. What's the deal with the one NHL game tomorrow? What does that have to do with anything?
1: It's a leftover.
0: So what is it It's me- just a
1: leftover. Is there
0: any they, they, implications? have
1: to get the game in, no. There's no, no. implications.
0: There's, it's a meaningless game.
1: Absolutely meaningless. Take the over.
0: Maybe they'll let us play. Go cracking. I can't skate, but I think I would enjoy myself
1: out there. <laughs> you go out there in your sneakers. You'll get it done.
0: Yeah. Flip-flops. There you go. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. NBA playoffs start. No, Embiid. Embiid is out. So before you guys put in all the YouTube comments, we know he's out. Orbital fracture. Wow, bad timing.
1: Bye, guys.